0: And now your host, multimillionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO, and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, working on your financial freedom. Today is Tell Del Tuesday, and with me here is Ron Buckman out of Phoenix, Arizona. Ron has uh, the dubious honor of retiring f- three times. Yes, he's had three careers in his life, and now he's living his fourth uh, basic lifestyle, which is to be a real estate investor and retire doing that. Ron, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dale. Great to be here. Would love to know, Ron, just some background and the story of how you decided three different times to change careers, slash retire, and jump back into careers. What was the headset to that? Because I know there's got to be other people out there that have done the same thing, and I think we're all curious for those of us who didn't do it that way, uh, what made it happen that way?
1: Well, I I spent many years working for the telephone company, and I was in the communications business for years. Uh, Did a number of things uh, that related directly to that. I was consulting, and then I started three more communications uh, companies overseas, and that I finally retired from that in 2001, so that was the end of the telecommunications business. At that time, remember, we had the dot-com deal and or the Y2K thing, so nobody was buying any more equipment, and that's the business that I was pretty much in. So at that point in time, I decided to go ahead, and and, uh, I was off for a year or two, decided to go ahead and uh, start an auto body shop uh, with a partner of mine, and I have been previously rebuilding cars up until the, oh, for the past 14, 15 years before that. So we decided to build an auto body shop in Gilbert, and it was 26,000 square feet on two acres. Uh, we ran that for about 10 years, and then we ended up selling the business in 2012. And then I was retired again, and I got kind of bored, and I went to work back to work for a fiber optic company. And that was the only reason I worked there. I was trying to help them out. And I finally did retire in 2019. But during that time, I had joined Lifestyles in October of 2017 and became a real estate investor.
0: So the auto thing was a hobby, huh? That's where you, because that seemed like such a, a change, big change. That was a hobby of yours? That's,
1: the, the last one was kind of a hobby, yeah, sort about. So I did that basically to help them out. Uh, I. I had I had a good time doing that. I had all these projects going, but it was just pretty much a hobby. I was keeping get myself busy. I would I would be home for a while, and then I would get so bored. Kind of, I played a lot of golf and did all kinds of other things, but I still was too bored. So, I went ahead and went, decided to go back to work for some company for a while.
0: That's interesting. So it had nothing to do with financial need at all. Then just boredom.
1: Oh no, no, <laughs> not at all. We we had. We had a pretty good pile of money, and uh, both my wife and I were, happened to be looking for lifestyles, um, something like that, when uh, all of a sudden I heard your show. And uh, because I, I could I see us just having this pile of money, and the thing just dwindling over time to not, down to nothing. And so when I heard your show back at, in 2017 and heard you were coming to Phoenix, I thought this would be an opportunity to get the cash flow and then also to keep... Continuing to grow the nest egg.
0: I see. So, uh, what was your first touch with lifestyles besides the radio show? Did you what kind of event did you visit to?
1: The first the first event uh, that we went to was the free workshop. You happened to be here for that. That was in probably September of seventeen. There were a lot of people at that session here, and you we were looking to open up. I think Phoenix at some point in time, and so you happened to be at that particular workshop. And I brought my wife along, and she's a skeptic of any of my deals. And then I happened to also bring along my uh, youngest daughter, and she manages large apartment complexes and have done that for years. And her husband, who is a regional um, maintenance director for a very large uh, uh, real estate uh, management company. So we were there for the, the two-day, uh, the, not the two-day, but the uh, free workshop at that point in time and got a chance to see you also.
0: Wow, so you brought the skeptic and two people in the industry. You were really testing me.
1: (laughs) That's right. And they didn't have much to say about it, but you did pass the major test, which was my wife. So that was (laughs) the true test, just to get by that. So we were able to go ahead then, and uh, I was able to convince you to go ahead and go to the two-day, and uh, we made it through that, too, with after the first day, she was pretty impressed with the single family and then very impressed with the multifamily. And then she went ahead and we decided to go ahead and, and become preferred investors.
0: What, uh, what pushed you over the edge for the multifamily?
1: Uh, it, it appeared that the, the single family was going to be quite a bit of, of uh, management to get, those, get that up and running. And my wife, didn't, she didn't want me to be a lead investor right away. And so uh, she thought the passive would be a good way to start. And so that's what we did.
0: So did you ever become a lead?
1: No. Um, I wanted to, but she she thought it would be better to do passive for a while and maybe consider it later. Now I'm probably getting to be too old to do that. So, uh, But that I, I definitely wanted to do that at that time. Well, you've got quite a few projects. I
0: mean, I, I see 21 that you're currently in and then another – Three, six, seven, or so that you already sold. So you've gone through quite a few projects already uh, since 2017.
1: Yes, so we had. Like- uh, I think there were 28 projects. We were in the pro. We have one that was in the process of selling right now, and uh, the, the uh, projects have done very, very well. We're very impressed with uh, what all of those leads have done and, and how successful it was. And, Pretty much met
0: everything that she said it would. So let's talk about um, your theory and how you got involved. Because you bought uh, quite a few properties fairly quickly. You made you know a lot of investments. You already had money, by the way. For those of you who are listening, Ron had money to start with because he had done really well in business and had uh, saved a lot of money. So he had money. His wife had money. So they started investing. But you had to have some philosophy. What was your philosophy coming out of the block? What was your game plan?
1: Um, we had not met a lot of the leads. So originally, we pretty much were looking at mainly the deal. So we'd look at the deal. Uh, we are older, so we were trying to do uh, the uh, yield investments, which provided us cash flow because we were planning to live off the cash flow. And then as the properties would reinvest, we would continue to grow the capital um, as we went forward. So we pretty much were looking for and the leads that we were looking for we wanted them to be uh, our strategy was to find them that uh, were either working in real estate had pretty good knowledge of the multifamily business or had owned their own uh, small business and we wanted them to have that experience. If the lead didn't have that experience we were waiting until the Third or fourth deal before we jump in, because we kind of figured that we were uh, they would be learning on our dime is what amounts to.
0: Yeah, you know that's true, Ron. They are learning on your dime. However, I will just from uh, one older guy to another older guy share a response to that, and that is, what I found is just to relate back against your theory. Is that those beginner guys that don't know what they're doing usually work really really hard because and ask a lot of questions because they don't know what they're doing, and they're really sure. you know worried about it. It's the third and the fourth deal on those beginners that just kills them because you know you can work hard through one deal, you might be able to work hard through two deals, but by the time you get two or three going at the same time. That's when your that's when your business skills really kick in. You know, you have to know how to delegate. You have to know how to hire and fire, and it really gets a lot tougher then at that point. So, you know, up front I like beginners, the first deal, the second deal. You know, when uh-huh. you look down the line, you got to look. You got to really start looking under the hood, Ron. When you get it, guys that have two and three deals, because now they have to learn some new skill sets if they don't already have them. With me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is Ron Buckman out of Phoenix, Arizona. Ron's got about 28 properties still. Sold off about seven. Been with us for about five years, so he's got quite a bit of uh, activity under his belt. And Ron is firmly retired. This is his fourth retirement, it looks like. And uh, he's just clicking along, him and his wife, just living the life. But before we get to that, let's talk about theory. So your plan and your theory, Ron, how did it it relate to diversification?
1: Uh, First of all, when I first started, since I didn't know that many leads, uh, my wife and I would look at the opportunities, and then we pretty much would would do some diversification across uh, both, uh, uh, pretty much across the country and across the leads. As time marched on and we got to meet more of the leads, we have shifted our focus a little more, and now we tend to focus more on the lead uh, than we do on, on all of the opportunities. And uh, we are currently located in, I believe, five states. I've got quite a few properties in Arizona. I have many more in Texas. Also have one in in uh, Kentucky. There's one that we just sold in Tennessee. I have one now, or down to one in Atlanta. And I just purchased a new property in Florida. I'm pretty excited about that. That's just getting ready to close pretty soon.
0: Yeah, this is really probably one of the most diversified portfolios I've ever seen as far as location. I'm just going to read these off for the listeners uh, because it's pretty impressive. Texas City, Atlanta, that's Texas. Atlanta, Georgia, Del Rio, Texas, Lake Jackson, Texas, Conroe, Texas, East Houston, uh, Beaumont, Texas, Phoenix, Arizona, Alvin, Texas, Phoenix, Arizona, Northwest Houston, San Antonio, Texas, Burlington, Kentucky, Glendale, Arizona, Houston, Texas, Tucson, Arizona, Tucson, Arizona again, Phoenix, Arizona, Houston, Las Colinas, Texas, which is up by Dallas, and Branton, Florida. And then you've got Britain, Denton, Florida, Atlanta, Laporte, San Antonio, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and North Phoenix. So, wow, you are diversified. The other thing I noticed, you're diversified as far as number of units. You don't seem to care how many
1: units are in the property, huh? Yeah, no, it depends on, once again, it, it, it could be a low of pretty much like 75 now. We had a few that were down below that. And then we go all the way up to 400 pretty much on, on the various know Some of those are portfolios. There's more than one apartment complex in those, some of the ones in Phoenix, um, also one in Tucson has got multiple sites, and so there's there's actually more than one property in some of the deals also.
0: Being that you've diversified so much, both in size of properties and portfolio and all these different variations, what I'd like to know is now that you're seeing properties starting to turn over and you've had some time to own these, is there any one- Variable that you see that makes the most difference on whether or not these projects have been profitable to you. Uh, is there anything you can pick out?
1: The only thing that is really critical uh, that I've determined has been the lead and is is a great uh, portion of that. And also what's kind of happened in the market. Uh, some of the leads were able to go ahead and handle uh, what happened in their location. Uh, uh, COVID much better than others and that's made quite a difference in in which ones were most successful or not. But it mainly was the lead that was the the most uh, difference in being effective on the property. So
0: now that you've identified that as being one of the major factors, how do you identify a lead you're willing to work with or one that you might just pass by, pass up on?
1: we We've looked at several of the leads, uh, uh, different opportunities they've had over the years. We've got to know them a little bit as we've gone through looking at deals and maybe have turned them down in the past. And then, of course, we do have our favorite leads that we have in various uh, cities. And those we tend to, if the opportunity comes up with those leads, we will typically jump on that deal.
0: Makes sense. Have you tapped into the, I'm going to, Put quotation marks around this, as I say it, air quotes. Uh, The Super Leads Network, you know, all the people like yourselves that are just buying up tons of these deals. Uh, There seems to be a little group of you guys that all kind of talk to each other, (laughs) let each other know who to watch out for and who not to watch out for. Have you tapped into that little group yet?
1: Uh, No, I've not really tapped into that, although I have a feeling that there's a lot of the same players that uh, are in that group that are in the deals that we invest in. So although I'm not personally in that group, I am, I'm
0: on the fringe of that group, I believe. Okay. Yeah, well, it's just it's like you say, they're all doing the same thing, and you have a lot of uh, common, I guess, uh, issues to deal with and talk about and so on and so forth. Uh, that's another. Uh, let's just talk about the social aspect of this, being that you're getting up there in age. Um, your diverse background, I'm just going to throw that into the twist, Uh there's, there can't be a lot of people that can relate to you that and being successful financially and now doing all this real estate. Um, where do you find the people you hang out with?
1: <laughs> That's a great question. I know you've talked about in the past you have and friends, and you haven't yeah. asked because you had more time. Uh, I pretty much – I don't have a real big circle of friends. I have my uh, – typically my friends at the gym that I uh, be with all the time specifically a whole bunch of his old guys. And then there's also uh, uh, my golfing buddies is is who we see. And other than that, we don't see a lot. My wife is involved in some other social groups, and so we get together with some of those people. But other than that, there's not a lot of really uh, friends that I have.
0: Have you uh, made any friends at Lifetiles at all?
1: Oh, many. Uh, there a lot of the people that we call. Uh, We do enjoy when uh, Peter Nealman, the ambassador here in Phoenix, uh, we used to get together every month, and it was phenomenal meeting all those people. Those all became very good friends. Uh, We still meet somewhat, but because of COVID, that slowed down a lot, and it's not quite the same as it was two and a half years ago when we did that. But that was also uh, a lot of the the people we meet, and I still call a lot of those people uh, to this day to talk to them about various uh, projects, and also leads.
0: So you bring up your wife. Um, doesn't she do some kind of charity work, or is that you? Or I thought it saw something. Uh,
1: no, that's that's sort of me. I'm the school mentor. Uh, so ah, I help uh, right. people uh, start new businesses. Uh, I, I'm also the person that takes care of all of the new volunteers that come into the school organization. So I spend probably 15 hours a week doing that. Does that give you a lot of fulfillment, Ron? Yes, I enjoy that. I particularly like the people. A lot of the people that you end up talking to are uh, they, they don't know anything about, about business, and so you end up bringing them all the way through from from that to getting all of their LLCs and everything set up and taking them through accounting and everything else and get their business going. It it is quite fulfilling to do that.
0: I give you that that sense of give back, I assume. All right. Well we're gonna take a short break. We'll be right back with Ron Buckman and the Dell Wamsley radio show. A roadmap to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wansley radio show returns in moments. You allowed 15,000 members into your sandbox. Thank, you. Thank yeah. you. And so that speaks volume. So, for that, and as a family. So, you know why I did that? Everybody well, always asks, why did you do this? Because I was an ugly kid. My parents used to have to put a pork chop around my neck so the dog would play with me. <laughs> And so I always wanted to have friends, and I figured if I could make people rich, they might be my friend. Join Dell and his successful friends. Start with the free online workshop. Register at LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. Welcome back to Dell Womsey Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is Ron Buckman out of Phoenix, Arizona. Ron has quite a few projects. He still has around 28 different properties, apartments he's in, complexes. And uh, he's sold off around seven, so... Done quite a few projects in the last five years since he joined up with us. Ron, I'm, I'm curious here if you were to meet someone, let's say you came to a meetup event, and someone said, Hey, Ron, you know, if you had any advice for a beginner, what would that advice be?
1: Um, they, I talk to people quite a bit at the time, especially a lot of my friends at the gym. Uh, I have talked to them about uh, lifestyles and uh, getting into real estate and go through what I make a pretty good effort for them to go ahead and get into the uh, uh, workshop. I said, even if you got time, you just take two hours to go ahead and take the free workshop. You'll get some idea. And then if you can, take the two-day to go through and learn what that is. And I just said it'll be a terrific deal for you to go ahead and do it. So I really take every opportunity I can to uh, talk about uh, this particular organization uh, as it's been so successful for my wife and I.
0: So someone that's already made the decision to get into the association, um, what are the you know, the head start ideas you'd give them? Like, hey, if you're going to do this, this is what you need to be thinking or doing.
1: Um, I'll go through and tactfully talk about how much money they got. Um, I want to try to figure out if they need to start with uh, single-family homes or if they can jump right into the uh, multifamily uh, if they have enough money. And then I tell them how to get go through and get, get going on the single family homes, um, talk to the Lifestyles people. And I mention to them that the Lifestyles real estate people already have looked at the property, have made some general determination as what's required for a renovation, and then we'll actually give them the cash flow of what they can expect to make on the property. So on a new person that doesn't have a lot of money, those are where I've, I've actually talked to a few of the people Um, on the SCORE program um, that were looking to (laughs) expand their uh, efforts. And so they've they've actually been moving down the path also toward lifestyles. And I do that um, pretty much every opportunity I get. get, I don't hum the people. though. I don't talk to them more than I'll talk to them once. If they bring it up again, I talk to them about it. But other than that, I give them a pretty thorough description right up front.
0: Is there anything, Ron, that you dissuade people from doing? Uh, you know, give an example, because it's not like being negative. It's just like, you know, somebody asks you a negative question um, or the basis of it is negative. you got to answer it, uh, otherwise you're avoiding them. I One of the questions I get all the time, is there any place you wouldn't invest? And I say yes, everywhere that there's a liberal population that has made the landlord-tenant laws very one-sided, skewed towards the tenant. That's an example of a negative point of view. Is there yeah, anything you tell people to watch out for?
1: Yes, that's one in particular I do exactly cover. Um, I recommend that they only invest in uh, red states. I'm concerned that the blue state investments that you're in ending up with, uh, rent control probably coming in those locations, and some other bizarre policy that are going to affect. Um the rents and everything uh, ownership of the property, so that's one that I recommend. um I can't think of any other right now but there are I'm sure I'll think of several more later here as to what i also warn them about doing so um, what about
0: locations here? you know you've been all over the country? Is there any place you wouldn't go back to that you've been?
1: uh no, not necessarily. We didn't do as well as I would have liked in um Tennessee. We had a property in Chattanooga. It didn't do as well, but the lead wasn't located there. And I think a lot of times on a property that isn't doing as well, um, if the lead isn't there quite a bit of the time, uh it may need some additional management attention and, and we didn't we didn't get that there. So so I, I tend to look a little with a jaded eye at uh, the leads that aren't going to be located fairly close to look at the properties or have a specific plan as to how they're going to manage that with their management company.
0: Good point. That's a real good point. I've seen that, too. You know, the guys that try to do it far away. You know, you can be far away from the investment, but not the person running the investment shouldn't be that far away from it. Um, I want to slice this up a little bit differently here. And... I'm see if I can articulate it in a way that you can follow me. There is you, know, you, you go into this Ron, with the idea you want the cash flow I get that that's me. I'm rule one, you know, rule one don't lose money, but rule two is there's got to be cash flow cuz I'm living off this stuff. That's where my money comes from. But rule three is you can't get rich slow and you had mentioned earlier that you know, you're looking for those refinance. In fact, I think it was in in your uh, talking point somewhere along the way in the back. You were saying, hey, I'm sitting here waiting for some more money to come through, and I've got a line of credit now so I can have money right when the great deals come by. But it really comes down to, to continue to grow your wealth, you either have to hit a refinance or you have to hit a sale. How are you looking at those now? Do you, do you look kindly on those situations, or do you look forward to those situations where there's a big refi yeah. or there's a sale?
1: I actually like um, my my personal choice for both my wife and I would be for the to refinance and not sell. It's a property has got a great cash flow. Um, the the property is much better off and work for for me anyway, passive uh, to to receive that cash flow and we will eventually get the money at a later date and and, and do that. Um, the sales, luckily, on all of the sales we've had so far. Um, We still don't have to pay any tax because we're reinvesting so quickly again. And most of those properties are doing the cost segregation. So we're able to claim that depreciation much quicker. So we have yet to pay any tax on any of the uh, cash flow uh, and or the uh, 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 long-term gains on the properties and the sales. So I'm waiting to see what's going to happen this year, but I have a feeling it's going to continue
0: uh, down that path. You know, it's amazing that you bring that up because I've had Lynn tell me that and other some other people that I've talked to, um, Madeline, same thing, you know, people that I know personally and they're talking about their personal finances, that this stuff, that those tax write-offs pile up. <laughs> and so that when you sell, and Scott Van Ostrom talk to me about this too so the, you know all these tax write offs pile up and you get this big giant pile of carry forward and then when you you have these capital gains boom it uh, it wipes them out so that's a really neat thing i like that point um, yeah and the sell then you have you have additional capital gains there so that waters yes. down some of that stuff Good.
1: Because stuff. you've got a re- some depreciation then you've also got to claim that plus the, the other actual gain that you made which has been huge and so I'm just amazed so far that we
0: haven't had to pay any taxes. <laughs> i would to stick this into that same point because it all kind of falls in the same bucket, and that is I've always liked the little investors, the beginner guys, because they pick small projects, and the small projects don't take very long to turn around. In other words, if i got to get everybody out to raise the rents, and I only have to kick 20 people out and raise the rent $100 a door to make it go up in value by 50%, a lot easier to do and quicker to do on 20 units than it is on 200 or 300 units, and so I find that those smaller projects tend to turn over quicker, and that's where you you get that money back again. You get to, you know you get that compounding effect of the money uh, growing and growing and growing and growing. Uh, you're at the point now where you've said that in your information sheet here that you. Um, are looking to pull money out of a a uh, loan to give you timing access to the money as opposed to waiting for the next deal to come due you want to explain that to people yes
1: yes we uh we took out a a, uh what's called a heloc of four hundred thousand dollars and we just have that uh, against our, our home and uh, we, what we do is if, if, if there's a lot, you know, the, de- uh, the deals don't come in linearly. So you don't get out of one and then the next really good deal shows up. A lot of times they show up maybe two months uh, before you've actually closed on the other deal. So what we're doing is we have this HELOC, uh, and what we'll do is we'll get the money out of there. So we'll take $100,000 or $200,000 off. Uh, for the property, and then we'll we'll go ahead and take that loan out, and then we just pay it back when the other money comes through. and so it's a strategy that we don't miss anything that we really want, and so I can go all the way up to four hundred thousand dollars if we want doing that, and so that's our opportunity that we don't miss the the really good deal coming up that, because we don't have any cash at that time.
0: Here with me today on Tell Dell Tuesday is Ron Buckman out of Phoenix, Arizona. And as you've learned today, Ron's got 28 properties involved in right now, sold seven already. All this in the first five years of being a member here. Ron was very successful before he came here, had some money to invest, and was able to jump in right away. So, Ron, you've got your system down. We've looked at It looks like a really good system that can be perpetuated into the future how do you see it perpetuating what is your goals for the future for you the wife and so forth
1: Uh, Our plan is just to go ahead and continue doing what we're doing once again we're living on the uh, cash flow from the yield plays so we're uh, we're hoping that that's going to continue that we can just keep growing out with more and more properties and then we're going to continue to keep reinvesting in uh, more uh, yield properties so so that our We'll actually build a razor of standard living as the cash flow and stuff like that really kind of increases going forward. And yet the nest egg will continue to grow. So then uh, we will, when we eventually die, uh, we'll go ahead and give those properties to our uh, three daughters.
0: Gotcha. So um, I want to come back to the daughters in a second because that was really the next place I was going to go. But something came to my mind. and I don't know if it's a joke I want to get out or if it's actually a good question. <laughs> and that is, five years now since you've been in business, are you getting the five-year itch yet to go back and start another business?
1: <laughs> um, actually, I spend quite a bit of time on that SCORE yeah. program well, about 15 hours a week, and that's probably enough, uh, because there's stuff that comes up that's spread throughout the time, and so I'm probably not going to go back and, and work at this point in time. I have thought about becoming a lead again, but uh, which is what I was wanting to do originally to start with, but my wife didn't want me to do that right when I rejoined. So I thought about it a little bit, but I think we're just going to continue to go on the retired path and be a passive.
0: How long have you been married?
1: Uh, 30 years.
0: How old are your children now?
1: Uh, children are 47, 43, and 42. Are
0: they all married?
1: Um, they are all married, Yes.
0: All right, so that leads into my next set of questions, and that is have you influenced them in any way, especially since you said some of them work in the business?
1: Oh, yeah, we we talk to them all the time. Uh, I do talk to them, the properties that we buy. We talk to them all the time. At some point in time, uh, they haven't had any money. It's been a big problem. Uh, we'll go ahead and have them join the lifestyles and you know, move down that path also um, as they hopefully get a little more money going forward. So they um, haven't exactly saved their money like I would have liked, but that's just being a dad. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh, gosh, don't get me going. Don't get me going. (laughs) You know, they say that apple doesn't fall far from the tree, but it can roll a long ways, Ron.
1: Uh, That's for sure.
0: (laughs) Oh gosh! Okay, so uh,
1: I, I like you. I like you. As i you know started saving my money when I started working, you know, full time at twenty two, I was saving twenty thirty percent of my money. So uh, that's not a, that's not a new feature that that the kids today do. No,
0: nah, I think it's something that came out of where we're from. I mean, a time and place. You know, just like my my dad's time and place was growing up when his dad came out of the recession. And so his dad was like, hey, if you reach for one more piece of food on the table, I'm going to hit you with the knife across the back of your knuckles. And I remember the story <laughs> of uh, you could only have one square of toilet paper. They'd hand it out. I got to go to the bathroom. OK, here's your one square. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your parents tell you these stories. You go, come on. Is that really true? And then we're sitting here now telling these people they should be saving 20, 30 percent. They go, I don't understand how they could be. I can't even live on what I make. In fact, I'm you know, I need more, you know. So who knows? Who knows? It just keeps changing. Uh, you got this down. You, you figured it all out. It's working well. Um, I just don't see in, in this situation how you could do much better than what you're doing. Have you got any ideas to make it better? Have you, have you thought of ways to make it work better?
1: No, not really. Uh, like like I said, we, we try to meet as many mentors as we can, look at, try to get in the, uh, the best fields so we can find that we have money available to to reinvest, and there's really not much else that that I can think that we can do. Uh, if we can meet more people or uh, look at look at more opportunities and that, uh, even from the beginning, I went to when i when I joined myself, I finished all of the core training within a week, and my purpose was to get a hold of all of the leads immediately and start looking at the deals. And so I had uh, letters out to 250 leads immediately after that first week uh, that we were here. So I would start seeing the deals and get ready to invest. Um, I didn't want to let a lot of moss go under my feet. Have you met Madeline yet? Uh, No, I've not.
0: Madeline is... uh... A lot like you, I, I got put in the hospital, and I was there for a couple of weeks, and I came out and hadn't seen her for about a month, and I said, how you doing? She goes, well, pretty good. I got 56 deals. I go, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> I got in the hospital. She had like one or two, and I got out. She had 56. But she's now our uh, passive mentor, and yeah. uh, so she, she's a great person to get to know if you're into this kind of stuff. Um, okay. We um, we appreciate you coming on the radio and sharing your story with us. Uh, lots of people out there have stories. Everybody's a little different, and be able to hear yours is really it's exciting for the people that are a lot like you. so I appreciate it. You bet, Dell. It was great to be here. For the rest of you out there, remember this: Ron, he did it for the cash flow. He didn't do it for the get wealthy. He got wealthy by saving, progressively growing his wealth, investing and growing it some more. And now he's at that situation where there's so much success in his life. All he has to do is enjoy it. The rest of you out there, remember, though, it's not just the money, it's a lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow.